Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer down in San Jose, California. The Oilers and the Sharks tonight. Uh, face-off show with Reed Wilkins and uh, myself and Rob Brown, Cam Moon. Jack Michaels, Brennan Escott. The Oilers Radio Network begins at 7 o'clock. Reed will have inside sports from 6 until 7. Puck drop at 8.30. We expect Jack Campbell against Capo Cockerton. That's the goaltending matchup in tonight's game. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza has 15 Edmonton and area locations, four in Calgary and one in Red Deer. Uh, you can go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Royal Pizza still making it great. The staff recommendation at Royal Pizza is Mediterranean chicken. And... Uh, we talked a bit about the Oilers playing tonight. The Edmonton Oil Kings are in action as well. They are in Red Deer. They've won two straight games. And the WHL, WHL trade deadline has come and passed. Time to uh, catch up with a bit of a, a look at his team, but also the league uh, with uh, Kurt Hill, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, who was all in last year as the Oil Kings won the WHL championship and now has a team that's uh, reloading, rebuilding. Kurt, how are you? Doing well, Bob. How are you? Good. You were busy right to the last day with the completion of a very interesting trade involving a guy who scored in the NHL last night, Dylan Gunther. So ultimately, you made the deal with Seattle. Um, if you don't mind me asking, how many teams were in on uh, Gunther at the deadline? Yeah, I think probably when it came down to the last uh, 24, 48 hours, there was five teams that were seriously considering it. And then within probably three hours left into the deadline, there was three teams still in the mix for him. And uh, Seattle, Bill LaForge Jr., the son of legendary WHL head coach uh, Bill LaForge, who also had a cup of coffee at the Vancouver Canucks. He passed away several years ago now. But uh, Bill Jr. made the deal. Um, and there's a lot of contingencies on it. So, I mean, take us, can you sort of educate our listeners how something like that would work? You know, what's, is there a drop dead date for Gunther where he needs to be back in junior? How does that all transpire? Yeah, so because Dylan is a underage player playing in the NHL, that would be factored in as an 18 or 19-year-old player. The rules are a little bit different than what we would see it for a 20-year-old player. So for an 18 or 19-year-old player, NHL teams have until the NHL trade deadline to reassign the player to junior hockey. Um, with a 20-year-old player, um, if the player plays a game in um, pro hockey after the WHL trade deadline, they would be ineligible to be returned. Um, but technically, a 20-year-old could be returned until February 10th, but um, they would have to not play a game in pro hockey after the the WHL trade deadline, if that makes sense. Okay, so one month after the deadline, whereas in Gunther's case, he can, so Arizona could literally keep him with the Coyotes all the way until the NHL trade deadline, which I think is in the first week of March. And then the deal becomes a lot better for you, doesn't it, if he ultimately does end up with the Seattle Thunderbirds? Well, certainly. 
certainly there's there's lots of you know picks that are attached to him returning to potentially returning to the to the Western League and uh, Seattle. Um, um, you know, obviously what we took into consideration when we were dealing with teams is what we were going to get up front, um, and that was a fourth round pick and uh, the rights to Koji Gibson that we ended up acquiring a young prospect that we're quite high on, and um, and then yeah, everything additionally is six additional draft picks, which includes a first and second rounder and then mid round picks uh, in later years. Kurt, was this, I mean, was, was this all part of it when you sat there and went for it last year? You knew that there was going to be some pain and you were going to have to, you know, uh, recoup some of the uh, assets and, and re, you know, get some of the picks back when you load it up. And, you know, you, the organization uh, had drafted Sebastian Cosa, had taken Dylan Gunther, had taken Jake Neighbors. Um, so you had three really good building blocks on the team. Uh, you might have even had a better defense on paper in 2021 than 21-22 to start the year because you still had guys like Robertson around at that time and Cap, I think, was on the team that year. Um, and you went out, you, you, you stepped up, and you got Caden Gooley, and you got Justin Sordiff, and you got Prokop. When you made those deals, did you believe, you know, we're going for it this year, and the reality is we're going to be moving some picks or, or, you know, moving some pieces the next year to get some of those picks back? You know, I did, Bob. I think the biggest thing, there's two things that happened this year that we I, we went a lot deeper than I thought we were going to have to with acquiring assets and uh, trading players. And there's two significant things that happened before the, well, one before the start of the season and one, you know, a month into the season. The first one was the academic being out for the majority of the year. So at that point, we lose our top line center who's probably going to play 25 minutes a night and be a building block for our group. And we find out that he's not going to be available for us to start the season and probably not until after the trade deadline, which became a reality. And then the second thing that happened was Dylan Gunther was not, was played 10 games in the NHL and Arizona told us they're going to keep him. So with that, the amount we probably would have recouped with just Dylan potentially coming back. I mean, I don't know if we would have had to go as deep as we have here on, you know, moving some players out, but that's the reality that we were hit with. And, uh, you know, with making those moves last year, we had to have a plan. And part of that plan was uh, to move some pretty significant pieces out and recoup those assets we spent, which uh, we're sticking to that plan, obviously. There was a window with the Quebec League where it seemed like every year they load up two teams. And there wasn't the depth in the league the way there would be in the OHL. Why would there? You know, like the OHL's got 14.5 million people living in Ontario for 20 teams, and Quebec's got 8.4 million for 18. The WHL's got 22 teams for, for basically 11.5 million people in Western Canada. Um, but have, has the things shifted a bit? Because it seemed to me like Seattle, Kamloops, Winnipeg, um, Portland, and Van and uh, Saskatoon were. I mean, that's five teams that were pretty active. Is that a is that a fair assessment, or was Saskatoon maybe not uh, to quite the same level that the Seattle's of the world and the Kamloops were? Yeah, I would. You know, the three big teams that acquired players and spent significant assets were certainly uh, Seattle, Kamloops, and Winnipeg. You know, Portland was able to acquire Lucius. I mean, for 
as he was on their list. So that's a pretty big ad for a guy for essentially free. And um, and then they went out and made the the move for Wiseblad if he's returned. So, you know, they were somewhat in the mix. Saskatoon makes, uh, I think they were pretty aggressive in the market. It just didn't, you know, maybe some moves just didn't go their way. But, you know, Saskatoon probably a little bit sitting on the fence thinking about next year too because they're going to have a pretty strong group again. So maybe saving some assets to try to make two runs at this thing. But, um, but I think you're right. Those three other teams, they're certainly all in with everything they got. I mean, 10 draft picks, for, and I love Olin Zellweger. I mean, players that, you know, I, I mean, I was hearing about this guy two or three years ago from, from guys that were a year or two ahead of him saying, look, this, Bob, this guy's going to be really good. 10 draft picks for Olin Zellweger. I mean, that's an incredible haul. Um, kind of makes you wonder what would have happened if Connor Bedard would have been traded. You know what I'm saying? Oh, certainly it would have been a pretty big package. And, you know, I think right now – a little bit of it too is that we're the west is hosting this year and you know last year we weren't hosting only so many there's pretty much just two teams making significant moves and this year i mean there's two spots at the memorial cup so um you know more teams thinking they have a chance to get in potentially and uh, you know i think there's a little element of this with not having playoffs for two years you know there's some teams that are extremely hungry to win and you know i think that the break and having the opportunity to compete for a, a WHL championship has made some teams be extremely aggressive also. We're joined by Kurt Hill. He's the GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, yeah, the, the Seattle Thunderbirds, uh, they they are going to get Brad Lambert. Is that right? Winnipeg's assigned him. Like, do they assign Lucius back to Portland? They've assigned Lambert back to Seattle? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and then they've got a contingency deal in place for Dylan Gunther. They already had a really good team. They already had a team of four guys on the world junior team. Who do you think is the strongest team on paper in the league? Oh, I think if you just if you if you look at it just on paper, I'd have to say Seattle. And then you know after that, um, you know Winnipeg's close. Winnipeg's been an extremely strong team on paper. And then um, you know Kamloops is already in. I don't know if they went as deep as they they would have had to if they if they weren't uh, weren't the hosts of uh, the tournament and then and then you get some other stronger teams that are a little bit more homegrown teams like the Saskatoons, Portland's, Red Deers of the world who didn't make the big moves but they got some strong teams that could uh, give some teams some fits for sure. All right well let's talk about your team. Kurt Hill's the GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Your record 633 and one. This is a rebuilding year. You had a wonderful season. I mean you basically had you know four straight years where you guys were you know on pace to be in a 68 to 72 game schedule because it was 72 games a couple of years ago you guys would have been anywhere from a 45 to 55 you know win team each of those four seasons so this is a rebuilding uh, year who's uh, you know gavin had sitting there with you know 23 points he's a diminutive playmaker he's only 16 years years of age is he one of the guys you were most excited about kind of uh, watching develop here yeah, he's, again, for a smaller player coming into the league, you, you wonder how they're going to transition and how quickly it's going to take. I mean, we had no no doubt in our mind that he was going to be a good player in this league. It was just a matter of when. And, uh, you know, but with that, you know, our younger players are getting opportunities because of the reality of where we're at as a group right now. And, you know, there's been some nights that because of that, we've given away games and we've maybe it's looked a little bit lopsided on the scoreboard. But, you know, again, we're sticking with developing these young players and they're being put in every situation that we can put them in to, to learn the league and mature in this league quickly. And uh, Gavin, 
yeah, I mean, he's had a tremendous year so far. He was great at the under-17s. And, you know, here more as of late, uh, Ethan McKenzie, our 16-year-old defenseman, I mean, he's starting to play 15 to 20 minutes tonight and it has really started to come into his own as well. So those young guys and the minutes they're playing, um, I see the dividends paying off here a little bit. You got two players that the central scouting list came out. I was interested to see that they had three players off the U.S. National Development Program in the top six. I, amongst the, you know, I would notice that uh, as North American skaters because there's some pretty good WHL players. Obviously, Bedard's number one. A couple other guys are in the uh, uh, top seven from the, the Western League. Uh, Cole Miller, we've talked a bit about him. He's a big, rangy, six foot four, right shot center who's, I don't think, killed it offensively. And Wojtek Pork, who's uh, from uh, Czechia. Uh, defender, uh, just a thought on those two draft eligibles that uh, are on the central scouting list. Yeah, well, there's, uh, again, Miller, I mean, right now, again, like you said, he hasn't had the, the stellar offensive year that, uh, you know, some of the guys that are selected at the NHL draft have. But, uh, you know, I think this would be a real big upside pick for a team. Like, he's a big guy, he skates well, he's a right shot centerman, hard to find. So it's, uh, you know, consistency for him is going to be important here down the stretch. And whether somebody wants to use a pick on him later, continue to watch him and how he is as an 18-year-old next year will be, that'll be the question for some of the teams. And then Voitech. Port. I mean, I can't say enough good things about him. And you know, I didn't, I didn't know how good of a player we were getting when we claimed him from Red Deer off the waiver wire. But he is, uh, he's a guy that checks a lot of boxes from an intangible standpoint, coachability, you know, wanting to be a player, um, the extras he does, and his game has just taken off with, uh, you know. And again, it, it goes back to what the opportunity is, and he gets to play a ton. He gets to play on the power play, penalty kill, and. There's some nights where he he does defend a lot, but there's other nights where, you know, he gets, he's getting up in the rush and he's providing offense. But, uh, yeah, he's a 6'2", right-shot defender that's got a lot of room to grow into his game. So I think I would be very surprised if he's not selected uh, in July. Kurt, great stuff. Good luck tonight down in Red Deer. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. You bet. That is Kurt Hill. He's the GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Do want to mention to you, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin, well-known for their top-shelf service department. They don't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle. You can call Uncle Bill, Rich, Johnny, and the gang and let the team at Brent Ridge Ford make you a repeat customer. You can reach them at 780-352-6048. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. When we come back on Oilers Now, this day in Oilers history, and we're going to go back into our game day lineup report. The Oilers, uh, tonight's the first of a back-to-back. Tomorrow there in Vegas, we've looked at San Jose and Edmonton. And uh, some news regarding Stuart Skinner just coming out right now, courtesy of Mark Spector. We'll get to that when we return in Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Game Day Liner Report is brought to you at 150 by McGuire Financial. Have the right teammates on your side for your financial future for a free financial consultation visit mcguirefinancial.ca so it's the Oilers and the Sharks tonight we expect Capo Kakinen against Jack Campbell uh, we envision the Oilers going 11-7 and seven as they did against Anaheim which would mean that Vincent DeHarnay will play again uh, top line for the Sharks is Hurdle with Meyer and LeBanc uh, Carlson and Megan their top pairing Connor McDavid turning 26 today tomorrow Edmonton takes on 
The Vegas Golden Knights uh, report out of uh, Vegas has Mark Stone out week to week. He was playing on a line with Stevenson and Amadio. They got Eichel with Paul. Welcome back, Connor and Jonathan Marsh. show. William Carlson with Smith and Kessel. And uh, Nicola Waugh with Carrier and Coles are on defense. Hagen, Petrangelo, McNabb and uh, Korzak, Alec Martinez and Ben Hutton, uh, Logan Thompson's the likely starter. He's 18-10-1, 2.66 goals against average, 9-14 save percentage. Uh, Aiden Hill got the start last night and won, and Vegas is 13-10 and 10 at home. They they like San Jose much better. Vegas is 15-3-2 on the road. One of those twos, overtime loss, was against Edmonton. The Oilers won earlier this year. Of course, Laner out for Vegas. Shea Theodore has been out for a while, plays 21-51 a game, and they don't have Zach... Uh, White Cloud, who's a hard shooting right shot D as well. So that's a look at Edmonton's opponent, the Vegas Golden Knights. The Oilers uh, tonight against the San Jose Sharks, who we mentioned that road uh, home record for San Jose on the uh, season that the the Sharks with just four home ice wins out of 21 games played, four 11 and six. The Oilers are 12 seven and one on the road. We are going to go to. This day in Oilers history, and it ties into what we opened up with, uh, courtesy of New West Travel. Travel to California this April to see the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. You can reach out to newwesttravel.com. On this date, uh, 26 years ago, the world's most advanced player was born. His name is Connor McDavid. He's leading the NHL in goals and points. Uh, he's destroying everybody from the 2015 draft class. I'd like to thank all of you who uh, text into the show today to give us your thoughts on uh, Connor McDavid. And the majority of you do think he has exceeded uh expectation uh haji texts the show to say bob i respect brian lawton's insights on the show and perspective however what he fails to acknowledge is gms like ken holland should have built up leverage garnered through deals like the keith trade he didn't grind chicago despite being in the position to do so and quite frankly paid market value when he really didn't have to i can only surmise that this is done for future uh uh you know considerations reciprocity is what the text says and when the market is stagnant uh, this should be time to cash in on some of those tabs that's what haji says again you can text us at 780-496-0063 keep it coming keep it coming uh jr in calgary texting us just to wrap up the show bob on a scale of one to ten nurse for carlson straight up do you do the trade well i Carlson's 11.5 million, a right shot. Nurse is 9.25 million, a left shot. You wouldn't have done that deal a year ago if you're an Oilers fan, based on the fact that Carlson was having a tough go. And in fact, uh, he's bounced back. Last four years in San Jose, Eric Carlson is minus 50, just uh, for, to set the record straight. Again, Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports Night from 6 to 7, the face-off show at 7, the puck drop at 8.30. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Special thanks to Derek Scott for filling in the next couple of our last couple of days. Brendan Escott will rejoin us on Monday. Eileen up next. Global news weather traffic update followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3 and then the 6.30 chat afternoons from Jayla and I. I will rejoin you 7.05 Edmonton time as the orders take on the San Jose Sharks.